Welcome to the Heavenly Banquet. This is Charlotte. I've got Chad with me again. <laughs> Why do you say it like that? That's right. Here we go. Why do people say the things that they say? That gets us right on topic, doesn't yeah, it? Does. Okay, today we're going to talk about the things that caring people right. will say to the bereaved that are just actually trash. Someone's lost a loved one. Someone's lost a loved one. You're looking to comfort that person. We gravitate back to the same set of stocked plat- stock platitudes. Yeah. Which are generally not helpful if you think about them. If you think about them. And have theology that is usually at odds with an orthodox Christian understanding of our faith. Yeah. How about that? And again, these are people trying to comfort. They're people who love you. They're people who mean well. Mm-hmm. They just, dumb things fall out of their mouth. Because people freak out. They don't know what to say. They don't know what to say. They grab the nearest phrase <laughs> to them. <laughs> yeah. What they've heard before, probably. What, they, what other people have said to them. And then here we are. So we're going to talk about some of those. We're going to talk about maybe some things that you might want to try saying instead. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's just jump right in with kind of an example of one of these. Okay. Which would be, you hear this said, you know, the funeral home, whatever. She's in a better place. Okay. She's in a better place. What do you think about that? Whether that's true or not is probably not a helpful thing to say to someone who's grieving. Because they want them to be with them. Yeah, the best place for them to be is, is with, with me at my side, right? Yeah, so that yeah. <clears throat> so that's a little a little n- not so particularly comforting then. Yeah. There's also I think actually within our theological tradition, we don't necessarily end up with this kind of surety around what has happened to someone after they've died. And I mean that not even in the necessary uh realm of thinking about did that person go to heaven or hell no it's god's judgment it's not our but also i mean we have these manifold descriptions of the afterlife within the bible um that sometimes are competing right so whether you know we're at sleep Mm -hmm. and rest until this trumpet sounds some people are seem to be the saints and martyrs seem to be immediately in the heavenly court um so there's an assertion there about what has happened that, <clears throat> or a claim that I think we should be a little bit more hesitant to make. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the more pro- the most problematic part of it is to say that there's a. They're better off not being with you. They're better <laughs> off now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I think mm-hmm. I could think of instances. Let's say that the loved one was suffering badly or something and it was really bad, then people will be, will want to say, well, they're better off now. They're no longer hurting. And I can see that. Um, it's just complicated. I think it's better maybe not to say that at all. Yeah. Well, we're also, I think living a faith that asserts the goodness of this world Mm -hmm. and this created world that even looks at, um, heaven as the city of Jerusalem descending to us. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, there's some conflict here too with the idea of this actually being the place where the kingdom of God is going to be, is being built, is manifesting, and that to be somehow drawn out of it would be better. Yeah, yeah. But I'm with you. I think that the main, probably the best reason for not saying that is people with broken hearts want their loved ones with them. They mm-hmm. don't want them in a better place. Right. <laughs> or right. <laughs> that's probably not even No, but I mean, it right. it's, fur- it's a place that's away, so away. it can't be better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can't be better. Okay. So, it's, yeah, it's not helpful. What's another one? Um, the, I, what about the one God needed them? God needed them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, God doesn't need anything. Yeah. God can do anything and everything. Yeah. So it's not like God needed another handy person yeah. or something. Um, or that there's work to be done in heaven. Yeah. That God has God has positions to be filled somehow yeah. Yeah. up there. That doesn't sound much like heaven. Um, and I think this one gets tagged on too with that kind of, uh, God needed another angel right. sort of thing, which is also, you you guys, we don't die and become angels. That's not. Yeah, I think they get that from when Jesus says they become like angels. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a little, a little different. Quite different. Than, yeah. Um, we don't know. There are very limited things that we can say about angels, mm-hmm. but they are a distinct created being Creature. from yeah. us. <clears throat> yeah. Um, they're sentient. They worship God. And now we're be- kind of about done. With <laughs> what we know about these <laughs> messengers, they bring messages. They bring messages. messages. They are in uh, God's army. They're a distinct creature. They're not humans who have gone on to the afterlife. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm so sorry, but you're not going to get... It's just bad theology. There's nothing in the Bible saying you're going to get wings. And <laughs> no. <laughs> that's not... <laughs> he thinks this is hilarious. There's centuries and centuries of art like that and things that we just... Of angels, have, but us getting our wings? I mean, that's just... I know. Taking a theological mistake too far. Assuming we <laughs> don't become... So you're first Just assuming angels good. have wings, and then we become angels and get our wings, right? Well, angels angels do have several pairs of wings. Some do. Some do. Yeah. According to the scriptures, obviously. I've never seen an angel. I can't no, verify No, me neither. It. They were supposed to scare the bejesus out of you. I know. Don't want that. Um, okay. So heaven, God needs another angel. God needed them more than you. Probably not the best thing to say. No. Time. And then we end up with that same problem, too. God needed them more than you. It's not just God needed them, but, you know, who I really need right now. Yeah. Like, God is not getting comfort comfort from my loved one the way that I would be. How does God need my loved one more than I do? But, I mean, just strictly speaking theology, God creates out of God's fullness. God doesn't need anything. Right. And we're not adding anything to God. So that's just not helpful. What's another one? Uh, it was his time. Oh, he it went. It was his time. It was his time. Everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason, yeah. Yeah. That's comforting, but... <clears throat> Man, you can just think of scenarios that you can't think of a good reason for why that had to happen. 
Yeah, I think there's plenty of evil and suffering and sorrow in the world that has no good reason for Seems it. Seems gratuitous. And yeah, and we have descriptions of that in scripture too. I mean, that's Ecclesiastes, the teacher, telling us, you know, there's just there are just bad things. There just there just are. And there's who a time can fathom for everything it? that happens under the sun? Yeah, sign? but I mean it's vapor, it's vanity to oh, even yeah. try to consider, you yes. know, these things. The many things. Um and Job too, kind of God's ways are inscrutable, right. and it doesn't. To tell somebody like this was part of God's plan is also kind of cruel too. Like, God had on God's calendar, like I'm gonna smite your best Jim friend, Jim Bob. Yeah, yeah. Um, that doesn't. I don't. I mean, I guess it's there's some way in which that's supposed to be comforting. Like God's got it all. God has a plan. And right. then on the other there's aspect, I'm like, why are, why is that God's plan? <clears throat> well, here's the thing. And, and this is probably something we need to talk about that theology, the theology can be good, but it not be pastor, sure. not be comforting and good in times of grief. So it could be the case that God has reasons for things, but if we don't know him, it does us no good to assert that, especially right. when someone is grieving. Right. So, <clears throat> I think for for someone in grief, especially if it's been a you know a horrific situation, there's no reason you're going to be able to give them that's going to be like, oh, well, then that helps. Yeah, I think it's also a little abusive to the person grieving because there's an assertion that because everything happens for a reason or God has these plans that you're only sad because you don't understand. Uh, and if you could see it or you could accept God's sovereign rule, etc., then you would be fine with or it. You're not you would be fine with anything. God. Yeah. So why don't you know, you know, why are you upset? God has a bigger plan and this is part of it. So you are somehow in conflict with the plan yeah. or in conflict with God because you're fighting it. That's Your why you're grief having grief. Is wrong. Yeah. See, and that's maybe we should talk about that for a second because grief and lament is biblical. Yep. We have a whole book called Lamentations, y'all. Yeah, most of the Psalms. Most of the Psalms. I, don't know, I probably shouldn't say most. I'll get kicked for that. But a whole bunch. There's a of lot them. of grieving. I'm going to say a more lot than of a third of them. And questions and. Yeah. I don't think it's helpful to try to solve away our questions with easy answers. It's much better to to sit with them. Sit with them because most answers we're going to try to give are going to sound trite in the ears of the brokenhearted. Yeah. Okay, here's a particularly egregious one, I think. Yeah. God never gives you more than you can handle. Oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> Indeed. That's horrible. <laughs> Please do not say that to people. So I don't use that myself we'll talk about it um i think what people are getting that from or if they try to give scriptural support it comes from uh first corinthians ten thirteen, where it says no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to humanity god is faithful and then it says god will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear Okay. But when you are tempted, God will provide a way out. Okay. I think that's what's being translated into God will never give you more than you can handle. Those are not saying the same thing. <laughs> yeah. 
I think there's an assertion in here of like you're gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. I think is what the person means to say. Right. Something <clears throat> like that. Like You'll get this isn't it. going to break you. Mm-hmm. You there will be another side to this, and you're gonna be okay. Yeah. Um. I think though when we are looking at some of our biblical narratives, it sure does, and just human history, sure seems like God gives some people more than they can handle, or that people find more than they can handle in their laps. How about that? Yeah, that it, their experience is more than they can handle. Yeah, uh, so don't think it's a true statement. And like you said, uh, even in that passage you're reading, God gives you, God is offering the way out, right? You're never trapped in the temptation. Right, so, so that you have to sin. Yeah, um, and the assertion in that passage, and I think several others around these issues really keep talking about God won't allow you to stumble. God's not going to trap you in sin. God's not going to create impossible situations. Where you have to sin. Yeah. Yeah. So what is this this here where God <clears throat> making all these like tests and um heaping something on someone for some other purpose, right? Yeah. So um, one other big issue I have with this statement is it firmly places God as the author, author of evil, right? Okay. It's God who has done it. Right. God yeah. took your loved, loved one. one for some purpose rather than, you know, death is, is natural. How this We're world corruptible. Works. We're right. finite. We're right. all going to die, period. Exactly. Um, but that God has done it and God has done it somehow to create a lesson for you? That's that's what's really... An opportunity <clears throat> for growth for you? Right. That's nasty. You may grow in light sure. of the situation, oh, but that sure. doesn't mean God orchestrated it for your growth. No, yeah. Because, what a cruel thing for yeah. a God to do, to decide that you needed <clears throat> to mature spiritually or something, so God took someone from you, and from other people too. No, no death is felt singularly by one, one individual. Per- yeah. yeah. It's just not a helpful thing to tell people, especially if they're breaking down. Like, God's not going to give you more than you can handle. Yeah, well, in I this can't moment, it this. feels like yeah. it's way more than I can handle. And we have our Lord in the garden saying, I can't handle it if there's any other way. Right. So I don't think it's helpful to uh, put that kind of burden on the gri- on those that are grieving. Mm-mm. Please don't say God won't give you more than you can. Really, ever. It's just a. It's just not helpful. No. What about, what about this one, Charlotte? Mm. This is a day for celebration. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. So in an intellectual capacity, fine. Maybe. Yeah. Right. So if you know my loved one had been suffering. Yeah. body or mind is some illness, then I know that suffering's over. And there is a reason to be glad or to celebrate that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like a party to me right, yeah. or anyone else. It's, uh, I'm, I miss that person. I miss what we have together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no. What? Don't we talk about uh, celebration of the resurrection? Or? Yeah. So how does that work? We celebrate the resurrection as we... If, 
to give hope, right? Right. I think this is where it comes in with the distinction or warning you're trying to make between um, academic theology or theology proper and pastoral theology, mm-hmm. what's actually helpful. So, yeah, we, uh, in our memorial services, preach the resurrection mm-hmm. uh, because that's when our, where our hope lies and that's what we're to cling to. It's what we're promised, that death is not the end. Right. That death neither separates us from God nor from one another. Mm. That's not, I don't think, a very helpful thing to say to someone. To go up and say, this is a day of celebration. Yeah, yeah. to someone who is weeping, weeping. Yeah. and mourning the loss of someone. I can know <clears throat> intellectually that we're not separated, that I'll and promise to see that person in some way Again. Somehow, yeah. again. We will be united again. That doesn't mean that it feels that way. Right, yeah. Um, I think this is something that is a little, uh, maybe more than a little, abusive in that it really diminishes the experience of the bereaved Yeah. at that time. And kind of, again, is pushing back in some way of kind of like, if you really understood this, or really understood our faith, you, you wouldn't, wouldn't be sad. You wouldn't be so sad. Yeah. That's kind so, of the implication. Yeah, so what you're actually displaying right now in your tears is a lack of faith. But of course, when we say, I'm going to throw myself in here because I've said things like this. When we say it, that's not at all what we're trying to do. What we're trying to do is what? We're trying to comfort. Right. Which is kind of the point here. These yeah. aren't necessarily comforting to the bereaved. Right. Um, I mean, what, what do you say? You know, I like to, you know, nothing is an option. <laughs> okay. I mean, honestly. I love you. I'm sorry. Just being around for someone, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I kind of, my go-tos are just kind of, I'm sorry. Yeah. This sucks. Yeah. That... Um, and though also to not assume that I know how they're feeling about it. Okay. Because death is just as complicated as our relationships are to begin with. Yeah. Um, so, you know, even around the loss of someone that you desperately loved, it doesn't mean that there's not some hurt and betrayal and other things that have come to the surface around that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or, you know, a family member that you might have experienced as being abusive to you. Um, you and know, so you're and not all really these complicated feelings sad, that perhaps. somebody has. Yeah. Well, and who knows? You know, it's normally, you know, some kind of mixture of complicated <clears throat> feelings that the bereaved are experiencing. So I think that's another place where these kind of fail, is because they just assume like there's one magical phrase that's going to yeah. somehow fix yeah. things or address um, this human experience that's just so rich ultimately um so i mean i like to you know how are you how are you feeling Mm -hmm. um you know but just to acknowledge like this this is bad like this doesn't feel good that's Mm -hmm. all right um and to sit with them in that i can't imagine how you feel tell me um you know well, and, like you said, nothing at all. Or just nothing a at hug all. I'm just gonna and I'm sit, so sorry. I'm just going to sit next to you and I'll, make, I'll bring you a plate of food. Um, 
and and other ways that you can actually tend to the immediate needs, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I think maybe back to that idea of um, also kind of not saying, you know, what can I do for you? Let me know what we can do. Mm-hmm. Is to start to say, I can do X, do Y, and Z. This. I'm going to do yeah. X, Y, and Z. I'm going to bring you dinner tomorrow. I'm going to bring you dinner tomorrow. <clears throat> I'm going to drive you up to wherever. Yeah. You and I are going to go visit so-and-so. I'll come with you to the funeral home while mm-hmm. we make arrangements. Mm-hmm. Something. Um. So actual action items. And then you're also actually entering that story of kind of God never gives you more than you can handle. Um, and actually, in some ways, making that true because I am handling some of it with you. Yeah, we're doing it together. None of it you're supposed you're to not be alone walking in, by yourself. In this. Yeah. yeah, very nice. Yeah, my temptation is to want to fix things with words. You want to say the right thing, but yeah, you can't fix it with words. But you can help somebody. You can step in and help them carry that burden. Like you said, a meal, or I'm going to go with you here, or very nice. Yeah. That's very helpful. And it's it's okay if you want to, you need like a, a blanket fort for a day and just curl up and be alone and not hear other people's words. How can I help you do that too, yeah. right? I'll get you set up with some food and clear other people out. Um, but I think, you know, what do we talk about that? kind of being a non-anxious presence mm-hmm. and a calming, comforting presence really isn't word-oriented. Mm. It's just being with someone yeah. uh, in a real way of saying, you know, I'm, we're going to be partners in this. You're not facing it alone. Yeah. Um, which is maybe a, a better way of preaching that idea that nothing can separate us. Not yeah, even death, nice. because it's not separating, you know, you and I, the living either. Right. We're together We're in together this. We're together in it. Like that. <laughs>